we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? What is up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Flipside Podcast. We appreciate you uh, making us part of your routine, whether it's on your way to work or just casual listening, working in the yard, whatever you're doing. We appreciate the support. This podcast continues to grow, and we couldn't do it without you. Um, we're going to get better. We're going to have have some more useful stuff as sports ramps up. And that being said, uh, tonight we've got... We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things coming up, a lot of things that just happened um, The with the NBA, NFL, uh, we got golf, we got, we got a lot of things that, uh, that are important from a betting perspective and, and just from a, uh, a fan's perspective in, in the sports world. So we're going to kick it off with the NBA tonight, the headliner, no football, no really anything else going on, but we did have game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. And we had Game 7 of the Western Conference semifinals. Starting with the East, we saw the Miami Heat take a one nothing series lead over Boston in an overtime game that finished at 117-114. to uh, Miami got 29 from Dragic, who's really, really been playing well. And I've always thought Dragic was, a, was an underrated, underappreciated player. And it's, it's good to see him shine on a stage that, that uh, is going deep into the playoffs. Uh, Jay Crowder, 22 points. Jimmy Butler, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And Boston had 30 from Jason Tatum, along with 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. Tatum really stuffed the stat sheet. Uh, Marcus Smart scored 26 points. Usually he's the kind of guy that gets you a couple steals, maybe a block, uh, 11 to 15 points. But he was letting it fly tonight. Every every shot seemed to be a heat check. And... uh, he was he was hitting from deep. Um, like I said, Miami takes a one nothing lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it should be a good series. Boston Boston's deep. Miami's deep. They both defend the perimeter well. They can both shoot. Uh, Boston's a little more experienced, and I think they have a little bit of a coaching edge. I know Spolster's been there before, but a lot of that was Wade and uh, LeBron, and so um, I think I think uh, Brad Stevens is is just as good as Spolstra, if not better. But it this this game has this series has all the makings to go seven. As you saw tonight, the first game, um three point win, took overtime to do it. So looking forward to that one uh continuing and uh seeing how that one plays out. Either way, worthy, worthy Eastern Conference champion will come out of that one. Now, over to the West, we saw the Denver Nuggets, who came back from a 3-1 to one deficit in this series, come back and beat the season-long favorite to win the NBA champion, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, that final was 104-89. to 89. It, it was close uh, up through halftime, up through about the middle of the third quarter. But as we've seen in the last three games, uh, 
the Clippers just absolutely had no answer for Nikola Jokic. Uh, he had 16 points, 22 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, and three blocks. And that goes along with Jamal Murray, who had 40 points. Uh, the Clippers, on the other hand, uh, laid an egg in in the biggest game in in probably franchise history in recent memory anyway. And they're two they're two stalwarts that they that they mortgaged their future for. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for 24 points. Uh, abysmal showing for a game seven from two players that are one of them is considered a top top three in the league. Um, I, I mean I don't I don't mean to 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 beat a dead horse, but. Uh, I've heard a lot of a lot of talk today, and and Kawhi, Kawhi will bounce back. His legacy will bounce back. He's he's about as accomplished as they come at his age. But if you look at the uh, Steph Curry's, LeBron James, um, those guys, they're they're if they if they came out and gave you gave you fourteen points or ten points in a game seven. Uh, that that they knew that their their opponent was was worthy because they showed it in the last few games. Uh, those those guys, LeBron and Curry, and those especially LeBron, they they'd be crucified by the media, and um, it, it just it it doesn't go both ways. And a lot of that a lot of that has to do with LeBron putting himself there. But at the same time, uh, the expectations are through the roof for LeBron and uh, Kawhi is not that personality. He's not. Um, He's not the outspoken one per se, but anybody that says that this was a shocking upset hasn't been paying attention because these Denver Nuggets were this good last year. Um, they went deep into the playoffs. They had a great record in the regular season. I think they were a three or four seed, but they were they were just as good. And last year, nobody talked about them. And um, now this year, they eliminate the the Clippers, which which should get them some more buzz. Obviously, if they they fall short or lay an egg against the Lakers. They'll probably be forgotten, and they're they're a young team, and they'll probably sneak back up on everybody somehow again next year. But um, Denver's got a future. They they got a tough matchup ahead of them in the Lakers. Um, I, I I think I think I'm gonna go Lakers in six for this one. Uh, Denver's got the Denver's got the firepower, but I just I, I don't I don't think they have the um, in defense to stop LeBron and Anthony Davis. I mean, Montrez Harrell got eaten by Nikola Jokic, and um, they don't they don't have a Kawhi, which could have presented a problem f- from the Clippers. Um, Denver's Denver's deep. They're young. They're well coached, but I, I don't think this is their year. And they they could they feel like they're going to be that team that's just right there every year, and eventually. Uh, their window is going to close, and they'll they'll go out with a whimper. But that that's not necessarily their fault. It's it's the Lakers being a buzzsaw, and it's the likely return of a healthy Golden State core next year. And Lord knows what they're going to do with their their second overall pick. They'll package it up and get another player, or just roll with what they got and and get a get a youngster to kind of get into the groove but uh where do the clippers go from here i mean i mean there's there's players out there that are looking for a new home like chris paul but chris paul's not going to come back to the clippers more importantly you're not going to dump the only player that you could possibly dump for chris paul and paul george because he he's probably not going to be welcome in oklahoma city 
and they probably don't want him because he came there one year and left. Um, I, I don't know what they do. There's there's free agents out there like Fred Van Fleet and um, Brandon Ingram and those kind of guys, but I, I, I don't see how they're going to move the money around. Um, this window's definitely not closed, but they're they're going to need to get a better performance out of their their superstars and their coaching and everything else. I mean, this team from the beginning of the year, it was the narrative was Lakers, Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, and the Clippers uh, seemed like they built their team to beat the Lakers. Well, the problem with that is they they added a lot of guys that that don't have the chemistry. And mind you, if this was if this season wasn't shortened and wasn't interrupted, I mean, we might be looking at a different Clippers team. But this team added added a lot of pieces, and uh, the league shut down. And lo and behold, they didn't have a chance to mesh. They they do their load management thing and have a lot of inefficient players in Pat Beverly and um, Reggie Jackson and those kind of players. But they, I mean, they built their team to beat the Lakers. And unfortunately for them, they're, they, they thought they were going to coast there and they ran into one of the most underrated teams, uh, that I've seen in the past five years. So, I mean, there's, there's next year. We don't know what the Clippers will look like next year, but I'm assuming Kawhi will be back. I'm assuming Paul George will be back. They've got youth. They've got Montrez Harrell and Zubac and, um, they've got pieces to, to definitely make a run again, but it's not going to get easier. I mean, we don't know what the Rockets are going to do, but um, Utah looks like they're improving. Golden State's going to be back, and Golden State's going to be, I mean, we, it seems that we've forgotten what they were before um, they were riddled with injury, but they have, I, I don't care what anybody says about Damian Lillard or Chris Paul or whatever, that the Golden State Warriors are bringing back the best point guard in the NBA and one of the best two-way players to go along in Clay Thompson to go along with um, whatever they get in the draft. And um, I think Golden State's going to be formidable again. And I think I don't think the road gets much easier than it was this year for the Clippers. Um, but looking ahead to that one, that's a that's going to be a good matchup. The I went back and looked, and Denver does not play well necessarily against the Lakers this year anyway one of those games and their losses to the Lakers was um inside the the seating round in the bubble and they lost that game but we don't know uh what the Lakers were really playing for at that point or what the Nuggets were playing for they were pretty much locked into their position on August 10th when they they last played so um Denver's one and two outside of the bubble in the regular season against the Lakers. Their one win came without LeBron James. So uh, the Lakers definitely definitely know how to beat this team, and obviously the Lakers have known how to beat every team. So uh, I'm looking for the Lakers in six. But being the LeBron guy that I am, being an Anthony Davis guy, being a lifelong somewhat Lakers fan from, I mean, as as you can be in the NBA, you – follow players and not teams necessarily um i've always i was always a kobe fan i've always been a lebron fan so therefore for the past i don't know 20 25 years i've been somewhat of a lakers fan so um yeah this this lakers team i i had my doubts they they came in and everybody talked about their depth and i, I just didn't see it 
Like they their their depth was uh, streaky shooters and Contavious Caldwell Pope, Danny Green. Mind you, those guys are good perimeter defenders, but this team uh, Kuzma's stepped up. Anthony Davis has been unreal. LeBron's been unreal. Playoff LeBron's been unreal. But I think the X factor that that I didn't see coming was how much of an impact Rondo would have. I mean, I know it helps take some of the burden off of off of their backcourt, but I didn't think he was going to come in and be an X factor and pull double doubles and be as efficient as he has been and be as effective a defender at his age. But he's been a he's been a nice surprise. And like I said, they got Kuzma and Caruso. They got a lot of guys that can shoot, and they got um, definite definite size advantages. They can play small. They can play big. They can put Anthony Davis in the middle, who can stretch stretch the floor. They can put LeBron at any position on the floor. Um, Kuzma can come off the bench, leading that unit with Dwight Howard and uh, Caruso and those guys. And that this this Laker team can beat you in a lot of ways. And I know that they're not. They're not talked about like the other great teams in the past, but I'm not, I'm not sure that this Laker team takes a backseat to anybody in recent memory aside from the Durant-Golden State team. So uh, this, this I, I hope this series is fun. I like the Nuggets. If they, if they do knock off my Lakers, I'll be okay with it. Um, I like both teams coming out of the East. I like all the coaches in it. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a great, great stretch run here in the in the conference finals and into the finals. Um, so little, little shocking that the Clippers fell as unceremoniously as they did. Uh, you're, if you're watching that game, it got to be about the middle of the fourth quarter, and you realized it's desperation time, and you fully expected that Kawhi was going to take over this game, and it seemed like nobody wanted to shoot the ball except Kawhi. And I mean. It, it he wasn't he wasn't the one getting cold feet. I'll tell you that the, the shots just weren't falling for him, but but he was trying and he was taking the shots. The other guys didn't didn't seem to want anything to do with it, other than Montrez Harrell. But Montrez is going to get you two, and you needed you needed threes at that point. So, um, yeah, I was looking forward to a Lakers Clippers series, but it's good to see Denver get their get their shine because. Because they're a good young team, they're they're easy to root for. They're exciting. Jamal Murray's spectacular. They too can defend the perimeter. Um, Michael Porter is has burst on the scene. And and Jokic, I mean, you know, people people talk about the best big men in the league, and I mean, he's he's mentioned, but he's always after the Embiid's and after the Anthony Davises and Carl um, Anthony Towns. And it seems like seems like he's a little overlooked, but. I mean, he's he's as good as any of them, and we saw it tonight when when you don't have the players to match up with a player that can do that many things. Uh, he could he can kill you, and he can he can definitely cut your season short. So uh, we'll get more into this one as these as these two series play out. But um, it was it was karma in a way to see the Clippers who. Uh, it, it was almost disrespectful the way that they built their team to beat the Lakers, and um, didn't didn't play for any matchups in any series coming coming down the stretch. Um, their their chemistry was a real problem, and uh, like I said, if they if they had a full normal season, I think those teams those players probably mesh better, and the Lakers probably take that series maybe in six, but. Um, it is what it is. 
the NBA Finals, and I know there's a lot of people that don't love their political stances in, uh, or the NBA, not the NBA Finals, but their political stances and their social justice and all that. But if 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 you have a problem with it, I'm telling you, you put it aside because this is some entertaining stuff, and it always is, especially at this point in the season. Um, the NBA is putting out a product that's that's special. It's it's nonstop. These guys are as talented as they've ever been, and um, it's fun to watch. And it's going to be fun to watch the rest of the season. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned to Flipside. Stay tuned to the NBA. I know it's hard. Football's back. I'm I'm with you, but uh, we'll we'll keep you posted. We'll give you some tips. We'll give you um, what we what we see, what we like, what we're what we're leaning towards. But um, yeah, I, again, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys taking the time, and um, we're gonna keep this thing rolling. So have a good day, and enjoy your hump day. Thank you for listening.